Kate Rains Wildy, and this is Real Sleep Life. In this week's episode, I speak with Sahaja Springer, a true innovator who uses kinesiology to help entrepreneurs, visionaries, and change makers get breakthrough results. And if you haven't heard about kinesiology before, you'll find out all the amazing details. Now, appropriately, given the theme of this podcast, Sahaja is a serious professional, but is also seriously silly and playful. As well as being a kinesiologist, she's been a clown for the Variety Children's Charity for more than 16 years. Sahaj and I talk about playfulness and how it can be used to boost creativity, help us be fearless, and help us be open to real change, both on a personal level, but also as a way of making a difference well beyond ourselves. Now, I should also say that this is quite a special episode for me because Sahaj is one of my mentors, who's helped me get some really big breakthroughs of my own, and in fact was instrumental in helping me name my fearlessly playful philosophy, which is, of course, the title and theme of this podcast. And now, on with the show. So thank you so much for being on Fearlessly Playful, Sahasha. It's absolutely <laughs> my pleasure, although I don't feel fearless at this present moment. How would you describe what you do? Who is Sahasha Springer? And how cloning can fit into all of that? And why, well, and why being playful is an interesting approach? Well, to be a clown requires you to follow clues and situations that perhaps other people don't see. And the funniest things that happen are really off the cuff and not planned. And I think, well, I know that that is more and more, not even more and more, that is how I work in my sessions. Obviously, we've got lots of experience with my healing work but more and more I have allowed that sense of the possible to come in and noticing things that might go under the radar and if they don't get picked up straight away you lose the momentum and you lose the power of So it's kind of like being in the flow, in a, in maybe in a game, mm. where you're kind of outside of your mind and in, almost like in your body, you're being more intuitive and you're being open to. You, it's it's very almost like about being intuitive and yeah. not really not thinking about it. Just, not thinking just, about it. Yeah. The moment you think about it, that's the preventative. It's almost like thinking equals prevention, <laughs> or preventing the fun. Yes. Yeah. So thinking isn't fun. Or if no, it's fun. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> huh, that's interesting. Um, so, can you talk a bit more about your work? So, what, what is it that you do day to day? I work as a kinesiologist, and that means that I elicit information from the body, from the person's body, about whole health, and when I say whole health, that can range from anything from a sore back to a pain in the guts to a problem with recurring patterns of 
attracting the wrong boyfriend, the wrong. You know, there's no such thing as wrong, obviously, but it's really a matter of working with what the body gives me through the muscle testing, which is the tool of kinesiology, to access the information and, more importantly, that which is going to make the difference. And that might be one thing for one person and a completely different thing for another person. Does that make sense? Yes, and so you're and you're using that to help people get breakthroughs as well. Mm. Kind of every sense of the word. And so you're now working with innovators and mm. entrepreneurs and mm. visionaries. Yeah. It's evolved as everything does or hopefully does. And I'm also now training a group of people in connecting to their greatness, which is my course that I run regularly. And that's so much fun. Mm. That's yes. a lot of fun. Yes, and so I took that course with you. And another thing I really enjoyed about it was how playful it was. Oh. It was very serious, what we were doing, but also very playful. Oh, and I'm glad you thought it was playful. Yes. Because <laughs> you're definitely like my litmus test of playability, <laughs> if that's such a word. But also that intuitive quality of it as well, right? And mm -hmm. kind of, and I think maybe, but how I'm, that's how I'm trying to do these interviews is having these things that I want to talk about, but not be stuck mm. on these are the questions. We, 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 yeah, we, I notice you don't have. <laughs> you can see my screen. <laughs> I notice you don't have. Yeah. A boom, boom, boom in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> but that idea of because I remember you had one that was um, I think I think I, it was very memorable to me maybe it was because one of the sessions was I think you said at the beginning I'm not sure what we're going to do but it's going to be amazing and, and then it was and it was just kind of this emergent mm -hmm. playful intuitive mm -hmm. evening that I found quite mm -hmm. powerful now interestingly enough I led this next group I when I say I led with that statement, that's the, pretty much the first thing I said on the first night. And nobody left. I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, you know, some people really like structure. Yeah. And that's not to say there isn't structure within the workshop, because there very definitely is, because the structure of it is designed to bring everybody into their own place of greatness so that they can birth that which is going to be what my passion is and that is to connect people to their passion so that they know the next step really connect people to their passion and give them a sense of the possible which not only gives them a sense of the possible, but then creates ripples within that community. Mm. And so you have that profound impact beyond the individual. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what lights me up. That's what excites me. Mm. And so I think there's also kind of an element of fearlessness in that, so it's enabling people to be fearless in, in connecting to your greatness. It's funny that you say that because even in knowing that you were coming to interview me, I was kind of like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was quite scared, as I said before. And I realised that, that 
then there's the stepping out of it and above it and having it having it almost be a support fear almost being a support for fearlessness mm. I know it sounds strange and it's only just coming to me but I was recently in a workshop and each one of us had to stand and say, if I had not suffered, I would not now be able to. Mm -hmm. And I think you can apply that to fear and fearlessness as well. If I had not been fearful, then I would not now be able to fearlessly dot, 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 whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Because to some degree the fear informs you, well, everything can inform you, I think. So it's almost like the obstacle that you're playing with is to get past the fear. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting because the last podcast, the, the, the episode before this one, mm -hmm. with um, a guy named Marcus Holmes, mm -hmm. the most interesting piece for, the, for his interview was that he almost got thrown in jail when he was, he was the CEO of the Phnom Penh Post. And not, nothing he did, but it was just a political thing that happened. Ooh. And so he's telling the story of, um, he found out that if he hadn't signed this contract on behalf of the Post, he would have been thrown in jail on behalf of the Post. And he just said that the way that he got through it was just kind of like being in the flow. So mm -hmm. that the fearlessness is almost like, I'm just going to... It's almost like you can't, don't even think about, it's like it's what you were saying mm -hmm. earlier about not even thinking about the thinking isn't fun, right? It's you're just in your body, you're being in the flow and you're able to get past the fear and just... Mm -hmm. Well, there's that famous book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's really stuck with me, that title of that book. I think it's do you think? Amazing. Do you think it almost makes it more fun to have a bit of fear? Of course. <laughs> Right? Yeah, it adds a spice. Yeah, it kind of makes it worthwhile to do it because it's it's scary, right? Because <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not quite as convinced as you. Well, it's one of the reasons maybe you might do it because it's something that I think more is uh, it's mine to do, and so the fear has to take a back seat. Do you mean like it's calling you to do it? So that's why you're fearful, and that's the call. Is it? No, the fear isn't the call. You know, it's like anything that's worthwhile has an element of, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but anything that's worthwhile has an element of fear in it because it's outside of the box. So it's like a challenge to do it. It's a challenge. Or an obstacle. Because well, if it it's wasn't... It's not necessarily an obstacle, but it's a calling. It's, it's a, okay, this hasn't been done before in this way. Because each of us is so unique and therefore whatever we do when we bring our own signature to it has a newness and a freshness that hasn't been done before in that exact same way. Hmm. So now I'm going to play playfulness. What does playfulness mean to you? Being silly. Owning silliness. Uh, letting 
go of judgment of silliness. Being able to play with anything and everything. And what I mean by that is dirt. Being able to sit in the dirt and play with sticks hmm. is something that I love. And is, well, I mean, I don't <laughs> sit in the dirt and play with sticks. I mean, it's a metaphor. I'm resourceful yeah. with being able to play with whatever's around and bringing in all your senses and your imagination and getting to a place of pleasure. So you said that part of it is taking the judgment out of silliness. Do you notice that in, in, in your work, that people have a judgment about silliness? I, I very definitely have a judgment okay. about silliness. <laughs> and it's something that I have to put behind me in order to be able to do the work that I do. Because... I receive a lot of messages and a lot of pictures and often I will say to a person, oh, I see blah, 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 whatever it may be. And to have the courage to say what it is, even if it sounds totally absurd. Mm. I had a picture of a, a rabbit underneath with all these warrens going this way and that way and it was a new client the other day and I said I, I, I see a rabbit not knowing which way to go I mean as soon as I said it it made sense not only to me but to her so but if I hadn't said it if mm. I'd allowed the fear of silliness you know like well, here's this person who's supposed to be professional and she starts talking about a rabbit <laughs> mm. So, I mean, maybe that's not groundbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the judgment, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's in my brain, in my head. So, is it that you think that people come in expecting you to be very serious and then. I don't know, I'm not in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised when you told me you were a clown. Oh, I used to have a picture. <laughs> I'll send it to you so that you can see. Mm. It's a caricature of myself and my husband riding a motorbike. With of course. <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's in my office. <laughs> I don't think I told you this, but the first time I came to see you, after I left, I laughed for three hours straight. Oh! <laughs> Were you laughing at me? <laughs> no, I was just... I was just laughing. I don't know why. I just no, laughed for cool. three hours, and I and didn't. Ha it hasn't happened since. But unleashed some joy. Yeah, something, something, something was something happened, and um, yeah, it was unexpected, because I don't think anybody who had recommended that I come see you, I don't think they had had that experience. It was kind of this unexpected, but it was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of what I needed at the time was some laughter. Well, I wonder why you came back. <laughs> Yeah, I think actually I think that I did think you were a lot more serious when we first started working together. That I was serious. Yeah, that you were ah. serious. You're a very serious professional. I mean, you are you are yeah, serious you and professional, but I didn't have yeah. 
Well, it's the same thing for me, I think, because um, teaching at university, I think there's expectations you have that people have about how you're meant to be, and then mm. you kind of fulfill that role, and then mm. you realize if you play with that, it's actually really fun, right? It is, and yet it's so constraining if you don't play with it, isn't mm. it? Mm. Yeah, it's not fun if you don't play with no. it. No, <laughs> no. And it's also just totally self-imposed as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. No one says to you that you have to do this. No. You have to be serious. Because <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before on the on the podcast, but part of this, the podcasting journey for me is is helping me to really embody the fearlessly playful mm-hmm. ethos. Um, because That's right. it's something I've forgotten, even though I've been a game designer for so long and always been into games for so long it's something I would do for other people but forgot to do for myself because I think yeah. I became too serious yeah. <laughs> so that was something that, that really that, helps me with that can be a pitfall for sure mm. Mm. so do you have any kind of stories or examples that come to mind in terms of thinking about times when you have helped people to be playful or when you've used playfulness or silliness in a way that's really moved the needle for people or gotten really amazing results I'm sure that there's a number of them. Uh, well, in the workshop the other night, we were talking about qualities that we wanted to embody and we then danced them, those qualities. And I put on some music that I absolutely love and we were dancing in a circle and suddenly I screamed or screamed with joy and the energy in the room shifted completely and everybody started being silly. So that was very definitely a a recognition that you could just do whatever you wanted to and the scream came loud and proud. And I don't even, it wasn't planned. So perhaps that's an example, but a recent one. Mm. And I don't know the ripple effect of that as yet. Well, it sounds like there's a small ripple effect of just shifting well, within the everybody else there. Yeah, everybody, the, the level of participation shifted, Yeah, I would say. So it's almost like an invitation. Yeah. Yeah. And I've found that in when I'm making games that you play on the street is that most people are serious and used to being harassed for various things on the street as they're trying to go about their day. Or they're scared that they're going to be caught on camera like yeah. one of those mean things that <laughs> yeah. they have on TV. <laughs> yeah, so people, people want to play but they're also very, they have their, their guard up. Mm-hmm. And so I found that it's really important if you want to invite people to play your strange game that you're playing in the street that you dress up very silly. Yeah, that helps so much. <laughs> so it's an invitation in, so you're mm-hmm. wearing a silly hat and a t-shirt that says something ridiculous. So you're very very clearly not trying to sell them anything. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, by being ridiculous and silly yourself, it's like that invitation to get them to other people. Yeah, and it also play. gives you permission as well. Yeah, yeah. It's much, I think it's much more about giving yourself permission because you can be outside of your seriousness, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Not the 
strained. Yes. That's actually why I used to love putting on a brown costume, and I still got it, and I I can't see myself giving it away. When was the last time you were planning? Uh, probably about a year ago. Have you ever integrated that into your professional work? With your kinesiology, like formally integrated it? <laughs> or maybe subvertly? Uh, I can't think of a time. Perhaps when I used to teach kinesiology, there's a, there's a correction in kinesiology whereby each element or organ and system within the body has an emotion and, and also has a flavour and a sound that goes with it. So sometimes when you're balancing a person or balancing their body, it is required that they make a sound or <clears throat> and the sound is different for each organ so there can be groaning or crying or laughing or singing. And so sometimes it can be difficult to elicit that sound from the person. Mm -hmm. So that's a time when I have used not costumes as such, but my ability to shift from singing very steadily <laughs> to, you know, like doing whatever it is yeah. that it takes to get them to go, oh, it's okay to be so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Or being really, really angry. <laughs> you know, I can shift. Yeah. From one to the other. Yeah. Is is kinesiology, because I don't really understand it, other than that I know that it really gets results for me. Mm -hmm. Would you say it's a naturally kind of... Is there a natural connection between playfulness and kinesiology, or is that something that you've kind of I don't innovated? Know I don't know, because I'm only myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what other kinesiologists do. I don't see that they could leave it out okay. because I think as everything, it's an integral part of being alive, don't you think? Being playful is an integral part of being alive? Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I was, so I was in Sydney last week and I was talking to a friend of mine whose name is also Kate and she's very interested in kind of psychology and early childhood development and she was she's doing a lot of work looking at kind of um, the, d the development of narcissism mm -hmm. and she's following it I think his name is Gabor Mate I hope, I know that I know. But, it, it, but I think it's him and another guy whose name I can't remember which doing some work. work on addictions and yeah. Like that. yeah, and he was saying that um, he's found that the one kind of thing that connects all of the, the people he's worked with who have been like really kind of um, like the worst criminals seems to be that they weren't allowed to play as kids. Mm. Oh, isn't that sad? Yeah. So I think that, I mean, it really kind of speaks to that idea. Like that, you know, the, negative, the flip side of that, that you don't have that as part of your life. Mm. Then it just has this completely, profoundly terrible impact on you. Mm. And then I guess the flip side is that if you do play, then it helps you to be healthy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it is, it is an essential part of life, right? Yeah, I think so. 
Well, a rounded life. Yes, a, a healthy. I mean, it's, you're not going to die from lack of play, but your your quality of life. Is, yeah. yeah. So have you always been playful and silly? Has that been something that's part of... <laughs> it's so funny because I don't even see myself in that way. So when you asked me if I would be on your podcast, I thought, what on earth would you want to be on your podcast for? But you're a clown. I know, but it's like, I'm only a clown because it gives me license to be silly. Not, ah, because, okay. I'm, not because I'm inherently silly, although this is so interesting because I feel as though Silliness is something that I've judged myself with mm. and tried not to be. Mm. And yet, in the very pushing it away, it's leaked out the sides. <laughs> <laughs> it's come out so much. Yeah. Yeah, cause, and maybe that's because, I, I, yeah, again, going back to when we first met, I thought you were very serious. It was almost like I'm. I'm I can feel myself <laughs> sitting on this cloud going, just shut, be quiet, you know, like, yeah. and it's sticking its nose out here, and it's curly hair out here, and it's stocking sock out here, and I'm going like, for goodness sake, be quiet. Yeah. And it's not working, yeah. because it's bubbling up, and it's emerging, and, and I'm grateful to it now. Yeah. Whereas before, I was not, and I was tried really hard. So when was before? When did that shift start to happen? Oh. I'd like to say... Four minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so fairly recently. Myself sitting on that clown, seeing all the effort that it takes, it has shifted something for me now. Wow, so like actually right now? For yes, like wow. four minutes. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, and and maybe because I think that's that whole fearlessly playful thing is maybe we've been both working on that because mm. I think we both have stories about. About being serious, right? We have to be serious professional, otherwise people are going to take it seriously. Yes, otherwise you're going to be perceived as blah blah blah. blah, blah. Yeah, to hell with that. And the other thing that comes to mind is the only way to get there, wherever there is, is to be a certain way. And that's all bookwash. Really mm. is. Because whilst you're constraining yourself in the only way to get there, you're being inauthentic. Mm. And authenticity is the key. So I guess then the one the one way of doing it is in the way that it's your way. Mm. As long as it's your way and every way is different. Mm. Mm. But do you think everybody's inherently playful? Or has that no Some people, unfortunately, are constrained to the point that they 
So then that's like a self-constraint? Yeah. But, the, but it's like so pushed yeah. down that they can't even see that. Mm-hmm. So are you running your Connect to Your Greatness workshop again right now? Is that the yeah, workshop? Yeah. Um, okay. This week is the third week. So it's a five-week training. And last week was really powerful and really delicious. And this week is exciting. <laughs> and no, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so if people want to come and work with you, mm-hmm. who would you like to be working with now? Fun people. Fun people. Who are connected to what they want because I feel like that really wants that makes a difference. Fun people who are connected to what they want and who are perhaps having difficulty not formulating what they want but taking their next step and being who they need to be to take that next step. So people who want to connect with their greatness. Yeah. 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 People who want to connect to their greatness and in so doing make a difference. So do you have anything else that I didn't talk about that you want to uh, mention? Well, playful, there's just one thing is I want to talk about creativity mm. and, and the role of play in crea- creativity. Mm. Creativity requires playfulness in order to bring in the unexpected. Because if we don't use playfulness to bring in the unexpected, we create the same old, same old results. Mm. And I was speaking to somebody yesterday about this culture of creating the same old, same old and getting to a point where people are willing to get a sense of the new mm. but they get to a certain ceiling and they stop because mm. they're fearful of the change that it's going to bring about. So that's why I think that playfulness needs to be a part of creativity for real change to I like that idea of the, the unexpected. Because it also speaks to that idiom of, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Completely. Right? Mm. And so it allows for that different result. Mm. And one of the things that one of my mentors, Jean Houston, always talks about is boring the gods. And she says, oh, please <laughs> don't bore the gods. <laughs> That's great. And I love it. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's a checklist kind of thing. Am I boring the gods? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm doing same old, same old. Yeah, that's a good metric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, success metric. Boring the gods. No, good. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping them entertained. Yeah, yeah. So do you have a, do you, can you unpack that a bit more? I think, because I think that's a really interesting idea of, of playfulness bringing in the unexpected. Can you talk a bit more about that or maybe some examples of how you've seen that play out, see what I did there? I don't know about examples necessarily, but it seems that it's important because just because
the result of following the same route and playfulness pushes you off that route and takes you onto different places that you wouldn't necessarily consider. Mm. So like that being in the flow thing again. Though. Yeah. You kind of don't, you get past the thinking brain and yeah. go with what. Yeah. I was so I think there's, because I did, um, when I was trying to get better at speaking, uh, a good friend of mine recommended I do improv classes. Improv. Which, yeah, oh, yeah, which I think is probably similar to clowning. And that you kind of, the idea is that you say yes to things. Rather I've always than, wanted to do them. Yeah, they're, they're really, really, I think they're probably very similar to clowning from what mm -hmm. you're describing, where you you say yes to the scene rather than saying no, and you kind of have to go with the flow. And, and I know I always like comes. to jump into improv, yeah. you know, like if I'm in the audience and somebody's not so itchy to yes. But it's, pl it's basically playing. It is. Yeah. And it's being in the flow and it's being okay with being on your feet and it's, allows you to practice almost, for me it was a way to practice um, being, doing, failing in the worst possible way, but with a group of people. So it was playing at, at, at failing and seeing that it wasn't that bad and that I could recover from it. So when I do, did it in a serious, you know. And so what do you consider to be a failure in improv? I guess maybe there isn't a failure. It's just not funny, I suppose. Or maybe yeah. there is no. It's yeah. just not funny. So maybe you say that's no. the failure, boring the gods. Yeah, and you're saying no <laughs> when you should say yes, right? Rather than you should end the scene when you could have actually uh -huh. gone into this completely bonkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you put a dampener on it. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just kind of, I think for me it would be just being, not being able to come up with something. So Falls just, on its face. Yeah, or just being a complete loss for words and not being able to. Yeah. Yes. That's where the creativity comes in, yeah. isn't it? And being open to that. So it's, for me, it was shifting from going up there and being so scared and being in my head and thinking that I couldn't be in my body and allow the flow to happen and allow the, the natural response to the conversation. Because when we're having conversations, it's like in the flow, and we forget that that's the way you want to be when you're on stage as well. And that... Uh -huh. Right in your in your body, the intuitive. Yeah, yeah. And did it help? Did yeah, it immensely, help? immensely. Yeah. It was. I did. A, I think it was a five week course. It was an intro course, and because at the time I had I was doing I'd done small little academic conferences. Um, and it so was. So did they teach you how to think on your feet, or did they just expect you to do it? You, you kind of just did it by doing. Like it's just right. okay. You're gonna you're just we're gonna play you play improv games, mm -hmm. and you just do it. So it's that's that thing. The learning is in the doing. You right. just you just do it, and yeah. you practice, and you see that you can do it, and you just keep getting better. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was because I went from at the time to from speaking at small little conferences to because it was the first time that, that Facebook. When I was doing my PhD on Facebook, and so it's 2010, and and. Um, they wanted me to come and keynote this huge conference in Israel, and I it was just kind of like going from level one to level ten. Wow! So I did the improv classes as a way of getting from level awesome. one to level ten. It worked oh, really well. Very cool. So that's kind of yeah. Anybody listening who wants to get better at, at professional and public speaking, mm -hmm. improv and probably clowning would be the same, right? Because <laughs> yeah. once you've you know been the most ridiculous. They do run clowning workshops in Beaconsfield. Okay. During the school holidays. I know, I'm not sure who 
through Facebook how, how you can get in touch but have a look for yeah. Sam and Deacon's school and you'll find it yeah yes yeah, so I was having a conversation with someone last week um, and he was saying that same like I never had thought of that connection between improv gets you to be in your body rather than your mind and being intuitive I just thought of it as not being practicing it doing it in a safe space that you could see that it, you could do it but I hadn't made that connection of that would you do it again improv mm-hmm. yeah I totally would mm-hmm. I would I could, I could do level two now right because I've, <laughs> I've done the intro course yeah but um you know it's really good because yeah it's that Allowing the unexpected. I think maybe but you're probably a bit higher than level one if you've done it for sixteen years clowning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you probably teach it. No. no. <laughs> I just do got lots to learn. Well, not necessarily lots to learn, but lots to have fun with. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Lots to have fun with. Mm. Mm. I guess that's life, right? Life is lots of things to have fun lots with. To have fun <laughs> with sticks in the dirt. <laughs> And I think that's a great place to end. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sahaja. Oh, I really appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you so much. And if people want to reach you, so you mentioned your website, Sahaja Springer. SahajaSpringer.com.au. Okay. That's one way. Or at Perth Kinesiology is my Facebook business page. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. wraps up this episode of Fearlessly Playful. In the next episode, I speak to the head of one of the top startup accelerator programs in Australia who uses curiosity and playfulness in almost everything she does. If you'd like to find out more how you can use the power of play to innovate, build better teams, or prepare for the future, you can visit fearlesslyplayful.com or find me on Twitter. I'm at Ocean Park. The music for Fearlessly Playful is by Brian Fairbanks of Daisy Gale Sound. And I'm Kate Rain Goldie.